Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You should give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Bob Levy. He is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. We're going to continue our conversation about gun control and the Second Amendment. We'll also visit with Professor Andrew Joppa. He's also an author, or Josephus of Oz. And we're speaking about what's going on in Israel and Hamas, Gaza. Uh, Erica Donalds is the CEO of Optima Education Foundation. We'll visit with Erica about uh, her recent uh, headline story in the Naples Daily News on starting charter schools. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us later in the show. It is November the 1st, and on the day in 1512, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome, one of the Italian's artist Michelangelo's finest works, was exhibited to the public for the very first time. Michelangelo, the greatest of all Italian Renaissance artists, was born in a small village of Caprese in 1475. The son of a government administrator, he grew up in Florence, a center of the early Renaissance movement, and became an artist's apprentice at age 13. He had obvious talent. He was taken under the wing of Lorenzo di Medici, the ruler of the Florentine Republic and a great patron of the arts. After demonstrating his mastery of sculpture and works such as Pieta in 1498, the David... In 1504, he was called to Rome in 1508 to paint the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, the chief consecrated space in the Vatican. Michelangelo's epic ceiling frescoes, which took several years to complete, are among the most memorable works. Central in the complex system of decoration featuring numerous figures are nine panels devoted to biblical world history. The most famous of these is the creation of Adam, a painting in which the arms of God and Adam are stretching towards each other. In 1512, Michelangelo completed the work. After 15 years as an architect in Florence, Michelangelo returned to Rome in 1534. He would work and live for the rest of his life. That year he saw his painting of the Last Judgment at the wall above the altar of the Sistine Chapel for Pope Paul III. The massive painting depicted Christ's damnation of sinners and blessing of virtuous and regarded as a masterpiece of early mannerism. Uh, Michelangelo has worked until his death in 1564 at the age of 88. In addition to his major artistic works, he produced numerous other sculptures, frescoes, architectural designs, and drawings, many of which are unfinished and some of which are uh, lost. In his lifetime, he was celebrated as Europe's greatest living artist, and today he's held up as one of the greatest artists, I would say intellectuals of all time, and exalted uh, visual arts as uh, William Shakespeare and in literature as Ludwig van Beethoven. Uh, a great, great mind and a, a great artist. Well, stocks ticked up yesterday after October on a high note, though it wasn't enough to stop the Dow and S&P 500 from logging their first three-month losing streak since 2020. All eyes are back on the Fed, which is expected to hold interest rates steady at its meeting today. We'll see. Well, Israeli officials have seen a senior uh, Hamas commander who is believed to have directed part of the military group's 
October 7th attack and the kidnapping of more than 220 people in Israel has been killed after an air raid. The airstrikes were targeting the Jambalaya refugee camp in northern Gaza, the largest of eight camps in the region where Israel claimed Hamas militants were hiding. At least 50 of the people who were believed to have been killed from yesterday's airstrikes. The death toll now has risen to 8,500 in Gaza and at least 1,400 in Israel. Egypt says the hospitals in northern Sinai and elsewhere were, uh, would treat injured Palestinians, though the borders still appear to be blocked. There's growing concern about the spread of infectious diseases due to the crowded, unclean conditions and a lack of clean water. Doctors are also reportedly doing surgeries in corridors with limited supplies and electricity amid Israeli airstrikes. Meanwhile, aid is still slow to trickle in through the Rafah crossing, uh, with the uh, Biden administration saying it's trying to get 100 trucks of aid in a day this week into uh, Gaza. This morning, it's a uh, deal brokered by Qatar. Uh, Egypt agreed to allow dozens of foreign passport holders through the Rafah crossing and a small group of injured Palestinians for treatment. Fears over a wider Middle East conflict continued to mount as Iran-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen claimed they were responsible for a missile and drone attacks targeting a Red Sea shipping port in the southern Israel yesterday. In fact, a Houthi, the Houthis, Yemen, declared war against Israel yesterday. The Israel uh, military intercepted the attack. Separately, the U.S. Senate confirmed Jacob Liu as the next ambassador to Israel, while intelligence officials warned a Senate committee that Israel-Hamas war could raise the potential for terrorist attacks against Americans. But uh, the Israelis are, Israelis are determined uh, to wipe out uh, Hamas. Well, the U.S. government's uh, antitrust trial over JetBlue's Airways' proposed $3.8 billion acquisition of Spirit Airlines began yesterday in Boston. The Justice Department, along with six states in Washington, D.C., argues the merger would limit flight options and result in higher fares, limiting the Spirit effect on the market. When Spirit, uh, Spirit reduces fares on specific routes, it triggers industry-wide price reductions of av- on average of 17%. <clears throat> and when it exits a route, fares increase by 30% on average. That's the government's case. JetBlue argues that the merger is necessary for it to compete with the four largest domestic airlines, which comprise more than 80% of the market, and the merger will allow it to offer lower fares in more areas. The airline is proposed to divest routes to uh, address antitrust concerns, saying it will sell flight slots and gates to ultra-low carriers. Critics argue the merger violates sections of the federal Clayton Act designed to prevent mergers that diminish competition or result in monopolies. If the deal falls apart, JetBlue would need to pay $470 million breakup fee to Spirit and its shareholders. The case follows significant airline industry consolidation in recent years. Shares of JetBlue crashed to a 12-year low after the airline forecast a loss in the fourth quarter, the resulting are staggering flight delays. Meanwhile, the D- Department of Justice urged the federal judge to block the company's proposed $3.8 billion acquisition of Spirit Airlines. Just my opinion. The government has no business interfering in this deal. Uh, there's obviously going to be great opportunities for both airlines as a result of this merger. And it is no way a, a monopoly. In fact, the four largest airlines dwarf these uh, two companies. Once After they merge, uh, they have a very small part of the market. So 
Again, government interfering in free enterprise. <clears throat> An historically high number of U.S. parents see their kids not suited for public or private school and have opted to educate them at home instead. The number of homeschooled children during the last academic year was 51% higher than in 2017-18 in states where available information was available. At the same time, public school enrollment has dropped nationwide by 4%. The homeschooling rates have decreased from the pandemic highs. Uh, what used to be a niche education arrangement favored by, mostly by religious parents is now going mainstream nationwide. The total uh, number of American kids learning their ABCs at home between 1.9 million and 2.7 million, exceeding the Catholic school student body enrollment in the United States. The uptake in the alternative school do schooling doesn't seem to be associated with low quality of a traditional education, as it's popular in academically high-performing districts as well. So why has homeschooling gotten so big? Well, parents cite several reasons for doubling up on education administrators. Uh, schools failing to meet the kids' unique needs, bullying, increasing concerns that curricula don't align with their values. But there's also economic factors because many states, like Florida, are starting to make uh, give money to parents for homeschooling as well as charter schools and other alternative schooling methods. So uh, public school enrollment is declining. I think it's good that there's competition. I think it's going to end up with kids being better educated and less cost for taxpayers. While billionaire uh, ex-owner Elon Musk and podcaster Joe Rogan discussed the Twitter files in a podcast episode of the Joe Rogan Experience on Tuesday, which revealed how the social media platform became a far-left arm of the government, the Twitter files were internal documents released by the journalists showing uh, government coordination with Twitter to censor content, including ahead of the 2020 election to suppress the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop reporting. Musk told Rogan that Twitter was essentially part of the government, and it suppressed anything that was not left-wing. The degree to which Twitter was simply an arm of the government was not well understood by the public, Musk asserted. It was a state publication. Just dwell on that for a moment. Rogan asked uh, Musk about the justification for why executives ran Twitter as a left-wing manner. There's basically a pressure of any views that would even, if I would say, be considered middle of the road, but certainly anything on the right, Musk responded. And I'm not talking about like far right. I'm just talking about mildly right. Republicans were suppressed at 10 times the rate of Democrats. Think of the impact that had on elections. And think of the, uh, that is, uh, well, it's just, uh, it uh, voids our constitutional rights, especially the Bill of Rights of the First Amendment. Appreciate his, uh, his candor in that issue. Well, a fellow federal judge on Monday issued a temporary restraining order to prevent the Biden administration from cutting through razor wire installed by Texas authorities to discourage unlawful immigration. Texas officials last week filed a lawsuit in Del Rio in Texas requesting that the federal border authorities be prevented from interfering with the miles of wiring running along the Rio Grande near Eagle Pass. Texas Attorney uh, General Kim, Ken Paxton accused the administration of undermining the state's border security efforts and damaging Texas' ability to effectively deter illegal entry into its territory. U.S. Western District of, uh, of Texas Judge Aliyah Moses on Monday ordered the federal government to stop cutting through the razor wire pending the outcome of the November 7th hearing on Paxton's request. 
It's pretty uh, pretty impressive. It's another victory. Uh, and uh, again, Mayorkas and others, they just continue to enhance and enable uh, illegal immigration. <clears throat> that in and of itself should be punished. <clears throat> well, former top U.S. federal health official Anthony Fauci is to be honored with a prestigious award for ethics. I'm not kidding. <laughs> this is This is so absurd. Uh, Fauci's Democrat President Joe Biden's former chief medical advisor will be honored with a 2024 ethics prize by the Amori International Center for Ethics and Excellence as Kate West, Case Western Reserve University. During the pandemic, Fauci became a divisive figure who had more than a few controversial moments. In public statements, Fauci frequently contradicted his previous health advice regarding respiratory viruses. He also admitted that lockdowns are a tool of coercion to get people vaccinated, as the Slay News reported. He's so unethical, it's unbelievable that he's getting a prize for ethics. And did you know that right now that we're paying for security for Fauci because of he claims he has death threats and uh, threats against his property? Unbelievable. What a joke. It's, it's not a funny joke. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up. You can visit the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Right now we have with us Bob Levy. Bob is the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in D.C. and focused on free markets, private property, securing individual rights, and limited government, C-A-T-O dot O-R-G on the web. Thank you, Bob. So for the last several weeks, we've been talking about gun control in in light of the Second Amendment. Uh, There was a proposal for what was called the Mansion Toomey, uh, uh, I call it a bipartisan bill at the time. What did the Mansion Toomey offer to gun enthusiasts? You know, the bill was not passed, although it may be introduced, particularly with this new spate of gun atrocities. There's, you know, recurring pressure to have some sort of big gun control measure. I think the gun con- gun rights community passed up a big opportunity with Mansion Toomey. There were five major uh, points that I think would have advanced gun rights. First, the bill would have allowed interstate handgun sales uh, through dealers, and that's roughly the same rules that now govern uh, long gun sales, rifles and mm-hmm. shotguns. Current law doesn't permit residents of one state to buy handguns out of state, and relaxing that restriction would have been a major concession to the gun rights uh, community. The second point was that Mansion uh, Toomey confirmed that a registry of firearms by the Attorney General would be prohibited and added a 15-year prison term for violators. So for folks concerned about privacy, that too would have been an advance. The third point was the bill set a 48-hour limit for performing background checks, and that would be even further reduced after four years to 24 hours. Currently, the limit is 72 hours, and there's a bonus. Gun buyers would be exempt from background checks if they had a concealed carry permit that was issued within five years. Another advance. Fourth point, Mansion Toomey permitted transportation of firearms across state lines unless it was a weapon that itself was barred by the state. So the weapon would have to be unloaded and would have to meet restrictions on access. But any state law against unlicensed possession of the weapon would be preempted by this federal law. And then finally, Mansion Toomey would have improved the NICS, the National Instant Check System database. It would have provided $400 million in funding. It would deny federal grants to states that didn't cooperate, and that's a big problem right now. And it would clarify the applicability of privacy regulations that govern mental health data. So all told, 
it, I think, was a major advance for the gun rights community, but uh, they bypassed that opportunity. Wow, that that would be quite an advancement for the gun uh, for the community for Second Amendment uh, enthusiasts. But there must have been some concessions uh, to uh, gun controllers in the Mansion Doomy Bill. Yep, that was the sticky part. Uh, the first was, and we we've, we've heard a lot about all of this uh, background checks. Uh, they already cover all sales through federally licensed dealers, but they would be extended under Mansion Doomy to cover private sales at gun shows mm. and over the internet and through published advertisements. Now, transfers like gifts, for example, or bequests if you want to leave a gun to your to your son or daughter. And even in-person sales, but outside of a gun show, they would still be exempt. So in my opinion, the Manchin-Toomey compromise advanced the interests of gun owners while making these, I think, fairly reasonable trade-offs that were wanted by the gun control side. And considered as a package, the bill offered substantial net benefits to gun owners without intruding on core Second Amendment liberties. I think it should be reconsidered and passed, and that would quiet some of the critics and some of this recurring pressure for gun control every time we have one of these incidents. So, Bob, uh, is there any hope of this being revived? Uh, Is there anything looming, for example, in the legislature? Well, you've got a couple congressmen that are willing to introduce the bill, but they won't do so unless they get a commitment uh, from the uh, administration to endorse it. And so far, uh, that hasn't been forthcoming. So you'd have some problem on both sides, on the Republican side, uh, with introducing the bill and passing it, and on the Democratic side, uh, fearing a presidential veto. Thank you, Bob. So, so tell us about the recent gun control bill enacted here in Florida. Yeah, this was about five years ago. It had some... I think uh, useful provisions. Uh, It budgeted millions of dollars to improve school security and to train and arm some school employees. That was a big plus. It banned these bump stocks that uh, convert semi-automatic weapons into automatic weapons. And as you know, automatic weapons have been illegal since, effectively illegal since, uh, the 1930s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives the state new powers to remove guns and ammunition from people that are deemed to be a threat to themselves uh, or to others. And that, of course, is a big issue in the recent uh, gun tragedy. Uh, and it imposed a three-day waiting period uh, for most uh, long gun purchases. Uh, that was a concession that the gun rights community made. Uh, the bill also raised the minimum age for purchasing rifles to 21. Now, that may or may not make sense, although it's, it's always been puzzling, puzzling to me why, why lawmakers think that an 18-year-old who can legally smoke and sign contracts and get married and get divorced and have an abortion and even vote on who's going to, to run the country that that 18-year-old isn't sufficiently level-headed to own a rifle uh, for hunting purposes. So, you know, 21, if it's the right age for rifles, uh, it's probably the right age 
for a lot of these other acts that require mm-hmm. uh, maturity. And also long guns. Why long guns? I would assume, and maybe you could verify this, that uh, most crimes are committed with pistols. That's exactly right. And uh, pistols have already, um, already, you have to be 21 years old. So uh, the NRA is is, uh, uh, sued to overturn Florida's higher age for rifles. How's that going to turn out? Well, you know, the Federal Gun Control Act back in 68 says you have to be 21 to buy a handgun from a uh, federal firearms licensee. Uh, Although you can get a long gun under federal law uh, at age 18. And uh, back in 10 years ago, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the handgun limit against an NRA challenge, and the Supreme Court refused to uh, to intervene. Then in March of this year, the circuit court down in uh, the 11th Circuit, which controls Florida, upheld Florida's law setting the rifle limit at 21. And what the court said is, under this new Bruin regime, that they focused on comparable post-Civil War uh, state regulations, even though, and this is peculiar because Bruin seems to require this, there were no regulations that were comparable during the framing era back in the, in the late 1700s. But then in May of this year, a Virginia federal judge struck down a federal ban on handgun sales to age 18 to 20. So Florida may end up restoring the 18-year limit uh, for rifles. In any event, I think the law is going to have very little practical effect on the murder rate. Uh, the, the recent FBI statistics, almost 13,000 people <clears throat> murdered with a weapon, about 1,700 with knives, 500 with hammers and bats and clubs, 700 by somebody else's bare hands. Only 300 were killed by rifles of all types. Wow. And those were not just semi-automatic rifles, but all types of rifles. So this may or may not uh, be a permanent facet in the law, this 21-year limit. But either way, I doubt that it's going to have much impact. Thank you, Bob. Well, Bob Levy, again, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute, encourage you to visit the website, cato.org. Bob, great interview. really appreciate your time here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Bob. Good my, to be with you. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up. Uh, We're going to be visiting with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. 
Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulabee's Diner, known for its great breakfasts and lunches, that's in the Green Tree Shopping Center, is now serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., and the menu is just terrific. The value is terrific as well. I hope you'll consider and go to Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, uh, again, Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, Erica Donalds, the CEO of Optima Education. Right now, we have with us Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the good show. Good morning, Bob, and it's good to be with you. And if you would, say hello to Erica for me, if you would. I certainly will. So, <clears throat> uh, Andy, I'd just uh, really be curious uh, about your thoughts about what's happening in Gaza, Israel, with Hamas. What are your thoughts? Well, for your audience's sake, I haven't been with you for several weeks because of some uh, some personal issues. So, uh, I don't want to cover any uh, ground that may have been covered before, but it, it may be impossible to avoid that. Uh, but look, first of all, I have a long history with the the Israeli issue and anti-Semitism. Uh, in 1997, I published a uh, uh, guest commentary in the Gannett up in Westchester on anti-Semitism, and the same thing in the Naples Daily News in 2013, a, a guest commentary on anti-Semitism. So I, I have a, a deep immersion in this. On top of that, I, I pioneered the, uh, the inclusion of a Holocaust course uh, in, my, in my university's uh, curriculum. So uh, I've got that kind of background. Now, your audience may hear that as my being very biased towards Israel, and I, I guess it would seem that way. But what the point I'd like to make is I've supported Israel uh, and rejected the hatred that is directed towards uh, the Israelis and, uh, and the Jews in general uh, because of the value system that Israel has uh, espoused and I think made, made operative. And so it's not that I'm pro-Israel or, or pro-Jewish, but again, when we're looking at the positions taken by Israel since 1948, I think we're looking at a, uh, an outstanding developing nation. It's still very young. Uh, so it, it's those type of things that have led me in that direction. So let me just start out with some some general things that are not specifically related to the horrors of Gaza. Uh, first of all, I, I'd like to make the point that I believe, and I think a case can be made, that the United Nations should be removed from the soil of this country. Right. Uh, the reason being that uh, over its past 40 years, uh, it has been intensely 
anti-Israel, and I would say anti-Zionist, and I would say both of those reflect anti-Semitism. If we look at the recent remarks by uh, by Secretary General Guterres, uh, uh, obviously um, uh, linking himself with the general position uh, taken by those who support the Palestinians, he offered no dramatic condemnation of the uh, the attacks. Uh, from Hamas without modifying them because he said there were other issues that had to be discussed. Uh, if we look then and add to that an, an outgoing United Nations official, uh, Mukabar, uh, who indicated there must be a one-state solution uh, in, the, in that area. The one-state solution that he calls for is having a combined Jewish-Israeli-Christian state, uh, d- democratically monitored and so forth, which again would eliminate the, uh, the, the safe refuge that was given the Jews after World War II uh, called, called the State of Israel. So we're looking at this, this organization. If we look at the condemnations of the United Nations, of nations, they have condemned Israel more uh, than they have condemned all other nations combined uh, in in the last 40 years. Quite amazing. They've ignored some of the most heinous actions taken in the Arab world particularly. There's an Arab lobby, obviously, impacting on the United Nations. Uh, So we're looking at an organization that, in my estimation, Bob, can be defined as almost existing to fulfill it's anti-Israeli, anti-Zionist, anti-Semite, anti-Semite uh, agenda. So uh, when I call for the United Nations to be removed from our soil, it is so foreign to our value system. I don't understand how it can be allowed to exist here, Bob. I would agree with that. Andy, do you think we should continue being a member of the United Nations? I'm sorry? Oh, a member. Um, probably I think that there's a need for that uh, uh, to cast a dissenting vote in the in the Security Council if, yeah. if that is necessary uh, but again this the United Nations is is not served its its, its purpose in terms of uh, a peace now they've done other things removing landmines and some of these other uh, socially beneficial policies I think those are probably things that are definably good and I think the United Nations must be isolated to those type of circumstances but Right now, they are a, a voice for, uh, for hatred, uh, and I think because the United Nations is still given such a high honor uh, in the mind of the public, that when the United Nations speaks, it carries more weight than, a, than a, a, a political organization. So for that reason, I think the United Nations is dangerous. I think we have to stay in there, Bob, to try to do whatever we can uh, to offer counterbalance, uh, although we haven't always done that. A counterbalance to the anti-Israeli, anti-Jewish, anti-Zionist, and I say all three together because I think these things are the same thing, Bob. So well said, Andy. I agree with you 100. percent So uh, you're part of the academic community right now. What do you make of uh, the protests and the uh, pro-Hamas uh, protesters that you're seeing on college campuses? Well, look, it's it's not only embarrassing because that is my world, but it's. It's also dangerous for this country. We're, we're looking at uh, students that, uh, particularly in the elite university, I haven't found that in, in, my, in my university. I'm still teaching online, so perhaps my exposure is not, is not there. But again, I get a consistent uh, flow of emails coming in from my university. I've, I've seen nothing that would be, uh, there's nothing there that supports Israel, but on the other hand, nothing that attacks Israel either. So in my school, I think it's been, uh, 
been neutral. I, I think that's a fair statement. Uh, but if we look at the elite universities, the Browns, the, the Columbias, the Harvards, the Yales, it, it is outrageous. Uh, $60,000 a year to have these automatons, these, these ideologically driven automatons out in the streets of America, not just talking about anti-Israel and uh, some of the more acceptable uh, absurdities that are, that are offered, but directly suggesting the killing of, of Israelis, the killing of Jews. Uh, and this is in some way being tolerated, not only by their universities, Bob, but by the legal offices of, of our country. Yeah. Uh, if this was taking place and, and these colleges were, were talking about the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the killing of, of, of progressives or, or, or transgenders or something of that sort, which would be the equivalency, certainly the government would be acting to, uh, to intrude on this. What I would like to see is the government removing removing all forms of federal aid that goes into these universities unless it can be documented that there is at least some variant of neutrality being practiced on the campuses. Right now, a speaker cannot go in to any of these universities who offers anything, not just that isn't a strong right wing, but again, is not directly supportive of these progressive anti-Semitic, anti-Israeli causes. It is a dangerous scenario. Uh, I know many Jews are are are, are really terrified. Uh, now I'm down here in Florida and uh, in Naples, so the situation is not as as dire. But I do have friends in New York, and I talk to them, and they and they reflect that there is a real fear of going out in public and having yourself identified as being a Jewish citizen, a Jewish citizen of that state. Bob. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. Well, you know, there's so much more to talk about. We've missed having you on the show, Andy. I'm glad that that uh, you're going to be coming back and looking forward to extending our conversation about this issue today thank you so much for joining us well i'm so glad to be back bob all right thank you andy all right coming up going to visit with erica donald so she is the ceo of optima education front page news on the naples daily news this week we're going to do that and more right here on the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. 
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Erica Donalds. She is the CEO of Optima Ed, terrific organization. She is front page news. Uh, this week because of the uh, land that's been purchased in order to open charter schools. Erica, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, thanks for having me always, Bob. My pleasure, Erica. Tell us about Optima Ed. Well, we are an education experience company, and we believe that every child deserves the true goodness and beauty of a classical education, and our mission is to make that classical education available to every family tuition-free. We do that through opening brick-and-mortar charter schools, like you mentioned, our fifth brick-and-mortar school opening next year in Fort Myers, as well as our online, the world's first virtual reality school, Optima Academy Online, uh, which is serving about 400 students right now in the state of Florida. Terrific organization. The website is OptimaEd.com, OptimaEd.com. Eric, I'd like to extend the conversation with you about the, the terrific uh, work that you're doing in the community to help uh, have school choice, more school choice. Uh, however, you're also the wife of uh, Byron Donalds, our congressman here in the Paradise Coast, and uh, I understand you're up in the Capitol this week, and uh, his name was brought up as uh, candidate for Speaker of the House. You know, Bob, I was really honored and fortunate because Byron was running for Speaker of the House this week to be in the room with the members, the Republican members of Congress as they were selecting their nominee. It's one of those things that you never think that you will be the one in the room. One of just about a dozen non-members that were in the room in the Republican caucus uh, Monday and Tuesday uh, because I was one of the spouses and, and one of the members of the family. In that room, Bob, you have your 220 or so Republican members. You have a few staff members, a couple of spouses. No phones, no devices are allowed. And I got to witness uh, from the time that Tom Emmer and eight others, including Byron, were running on Monday night uh, to Tom Emmer dropping out and all the way through Mike Johnson being selected unanimously by the conference uh, very late on Tuesday night. It was absolutely incredible. Fantastic. And do I recall that your, your son was with you as well? He was. So our youngest son, Mason, who's 12, uh, got to come with me, and he was also in the room watching all of this occur. There was a candidate forum, two of them, because we, went, we got to witness two rounds of, of speaker, uh, speakerships running in the Republican conference, one on Monday night 
and one on Tuesday evening uh, after Tom Emmer had dropped out. Uh, Mason got a real life his, uh, civics lesson, yeah. right? Watching all of this take place. Yeah, it had to be just thrilling for him, and what an experience for a young man like that to to see actually uh, the whole process. So, uh, what what was uh, Byron's response to the choice of the Speaker of the House? Can you share that with us? Well, yes, he is absolutely thrilled with Mike Johnson as Speaker. Uh, he, you know, we having gone through the process, and of course, he served with Mike before that. Even in the very first forum, Bob, when it was at least assume by most that Tom Emmer or Byron were going to end up on top. I listened carefully as Mike answered questions. It was clear he's very passionate about the Constitution and that he had thought through solutions that the House could bring to many of these issues that were brought up in the forum. In fact, he didn't ever have enough time to really explain the work he had done or his thought process behind these things. He wanted more time as maybe a constitutional attorney uh, you could expect, but it was very clear that he was well prepared, that he's very passionate about solving problems and also not only his faith, but his conservative values. Hey, he has uh, just been so impressive. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that Byron would have been an outstanding speaker and will be perhaps one day a Speaker of the House. No question in my mind, he's bright, he's intelligent, he knows the Constitution, he's a great leader, all those things. I think, though, right now, I think Mike is going to do a terrific job. And he seems to uh, take a stand. It's not political. I mean, he's not trying to uh, wash it two different ways. He's he's coming out and stating exactly what he believes. And I think that's going to be a real, real strong character characteristic, uh, characteristic of, a, uh, of a speaker. Well, I believe that the process worked, Bob, and I agree. I think Byron would have been an incredible choice for speaker. God has other plans, and we trust him, and we're okay with that. Uh Um, But Mike Johnson is the strongest leader in Washington right now, in either party, in any chamber, including the White House, right? He's coming with, first of all, his youth, right, his energy, uh, as compared to some of the other leaders up there. Um, but also just his intelligence, his knowledge of the issues, uh, as you said, his his principles, his grounding in what he believes and not wavering on that is very clear. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch what happens now. He has the backing of the full conference. I think he's going to be able to coalesce them around a lot of these solutions that he's already thought through well before running for speaker. So I think that the, the conservative base should be very excited about Mike Johnson as speaker. Give him some time to implement his solutions and to kind of bring the conference along uh, to how he believes we can solve these problems. Understanding we have to work with the Senate, we have to work with the White House. Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said, Erica. Again, Erica Donalds, CEO of Optima Ed. I really wanted to talk to you about this uh, about the uh, schools that uh, you're starting right now with Optima Ed. We're going to, perhaps you could come back next week and we can talk about that. Erica, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Great to talk to you. Thank you. You as well. And full disclosure, I do serve on her board. It's the Optima Foundation. We help raise money to uh, to support uh, the opening of charter schools. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden, my wife. She's also extremely well-informed of what's happening, not only here on the Paradise Coast, but across the nation and the globe. We're going to do that and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden. 
Hartman Show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They get the politics and they know the policy and they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in their legislatures. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. As I mentioned before the break, she is extremely well-informed, mainly through social media. i got to figure out how that all works. But you never- have me. You don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Linda herself. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. You know, I'm throwing this at you out of left field because we didn't talk about it um, before the show, but I wanted... Um, we watch Steve Bannon all the time, and Mike Lindell's on there yeah. a lot, um, who's the My Pillow guy. And this guy is being inundated by evil to try and put his company out of business because he's over the target as far as election interference and all this stuff. And I just want to do a shout out to Alfie Oaks from Seed to Table, who is, I don't, I mean, with all the big box stores that have. Uh, canceled Mike Lindell and his product, which, by the way, we use. Yeah, they're great products. It's great products. Um, but Alfie carries them at, at seat to table. And I just think he deserves some acknowledgement for that because I think, I mean, he just goes above and beyond to to, to make a statement for 
um, conservative voices, and, and Michael Lindell is certainly one of them. Absolutely. Well, uh, Alfie's a great member of the community. I think he does. Uh, he's actually, uh, he's a kingmaker actually here in Collier County because uh, whoever he selects as candidates uh, and, and endorses, they tend to win. And uh, so having uh, Alfie's support in, in, uh, in elections is just really important. But I'll say this too, seat to table is one of the happiest places in Cuyahoga County. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to go to every single day, time we go. And uh, buying fresh produce, buying I mean, his, his, his products. We had some tomatoes last He's night right. that were to die for. Yeah, they were. I mean, that was really wonderful. So, again, the, the quality of uh, the produce and everything at Seed to Table is second to none. So if you want to also take care of your health, that's a good place to shop. Uh, it is. And, and, you know, these people are, I mean, with He's, Mike Lindell said last night on Bannon's show that one of a big box store had come back under pressure. He didn't mention which one. That'll that'll make itself known in the next day or two, I'm sure. But uh, they're debanking him. They're yeah. trying to debank him. They're trying to put his employees in trouble with the IRS. Right. And and you want to know who's doing it. You want to know the money behind who's trying to discriminate against Mike Lindell and, and the good people that are making these pillow slippers, uh, bed products, bath products, all the stuff that he puts out. Yeah, and it, well, it's probably the same group of people that are harassing the president with lawfare. I mean, he's, you know, uh, this is this is the, what they do. Instead of having a good election and talking about policy and so forth, they cheat. And unfortunately, they're cheating against Mike Lindell. But we need to make these... We need to make these companies famous that are being so evil. I mean, seriously, we need to call them out yeah. and say, you you are, this is not the American way. You, you, you are supposed to uh, endorse and, and promote uh, America companies, people that made America's companies, and you're debanking this guy. Why? Yeah. It's, it's, it, I'll tell you what, and it, and it makes me wonder, are uh, the people that are having and supporting this kind of lawfare against Mike Lindell and uh, President Donald Trump, are they the same people that are supporting the protests in uh, college campuses and across the nation? Well, you know, that's a great question, and, and we need to find out who's who's responsible. By the, by the way, the media won't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just watching Maria Bartiromo a little bit this morning, and, and she she brought it up about who's who's promoting all these illegal aliens, who's... who's um, Who's bringing all these people in? Who's demonizing Trump? Who's doing it? And uh, I think there are people that that you would never never normally think would do these types of things. But the the onion is being peeled about the evil that's going on in Washington. Yeah. Bit by bit, little by little, these people are being exposed. And I, you know, you were talking to um, Erica earlier, and and thank thank God for Byron, yeah. who is one of the stalwarts on. We know he's a good guy, yeah. but how many other good guys are there? We know Matt Gates is a good guy. Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson is a good guy, and and guess what? When they're good guys, they go after him. Yeah. Well, you know, these are difficult times. There's no question about that, and I, I, I think this whole movement is dedicated to trying to turn us turn over the Constitution and turn us into a Marxist society or lack of society, put it that way. But uh, there's no question in my mind that uh, people are doing whatever they can to overthrow the stability of the United States. You know, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it's not like out of the book of Revelation in the Bible about what's going on. And, and now this, this campaign to squash the Jewish people mm -hmm. 
it's like, wait, what? Didn't didn't they these people try to do that already? Mm-hmm. And this is even worse. And the, and this Cornell kid that just was arrested for for uh, death threats. Death threats against. I mean, they're going through our schools. Mm-hmm. How horrible is that? That they're that they're uh, indoctrinating little kids all the way up to the colleges with with all this evil. And people are just going, la, 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 nothing's changed. Oh, we want our kid to go to college. I have to say, there was, there was someone on uh, social media the other day. I can't remember wh- who it was. I, it was Tulsi Gabbard or, or uh, Monica Crowley or somebody said, don't send your kids to college. To college. Yeah, so have them do a trade. Have them yeah. do something useful with your life. Yeah, that's go right. in the armed services, whatever. Because the universities are poisoning the, the minds of young people. Well, I think people are waking up, and the fact of the matter is the college enrollment is down. And I think we're going to see more consolidation, more colleges unable to, to keep on going because of uh, the uh, the funding is going to start uh, drying up. And uh, you make a great point. I just this morning I reported that uh, in terms of public education, public ed- enrollment in public education versus homeschooling and charter schools and so forth is down 4% in the United States. If you're going to believe that, that's that's good news to me. It means that uh, it's not enough. It means that uh, uh, there are tor- alternatives for parents to consider. Can you imagine though this this uh, I can't. It's some university in I think it's Columbia in New York City where this this Jewish billionaire was giving millions, and he he was watching the stance of of the people at Columbia towards the Jewish people. And he's going, no, no mas, I'm not doing this anymore. What, and, uh, and what a surprise these college, these college presidents are going, wait, what? You're not giving us money anymore? Why? You know, I heard something even more clever. Apparently, some of these guys that were giving $20 million a year and that kind of thing mm-hmm. are sending a check for $1 just to bring attention to the fact that they're not giving money anymore. I, th- I think that's great, but, yeah. but it needs to... It needs to um, that news needs to get out more and more, and the media isn't doing it. And oh, by the way, I was just reading that um, that the um, the press corps at the White House is anti-Israel. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. And well, and you know what? I have to say, I I think that I think that these people are so deaf, dumb, and blind as far as the journalists and in the White House press corps. Because by the way, I didn't take journalism in school. I didn't even go to college. But I could ask better questions than these idiots could. <laughs> like what? What you know? How is Biden doing today? Is he going out for Halloween? And and the only reason they'll do it is because and oh by the way, Corinne Jean Pierre, the the press secretary, is the dumbest person on the face of the earth. She doesn't even know what she's talking about half the time. But but they're afraid that their network will lose access to to the White House. Yeah. Who cares? That's right. Linda, it's always a pleasure to get your comment. Such well-informed commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We look forward to have Erica Donalds back on the show uh, perhaps next week. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, more about school choice. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Uh, and then Dr. George Markovich, my orthopedic surgeon, will be on the show, as well as the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. He'll be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at uh, hotmail.com. Uh, and also, 
Uh, if uh, you enjoy the show, tell your friends. I would appreciate that, and I really appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>